Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor, certified life coach, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And my name is Becky Olson. I've actually been battling breast cancer for 21 years, and I'm now in my fourth battle with advanced stage breast cancer. Uh, I'm the author of The Hat That Saved My Life, and Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends, and we couldn't be happier about that, could we, Sharon? Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. It's been 17 years since we started Breast Friends, and yep. and we've had, had some um, kind of interesting conversations lately, just kind of reflecting on some of that time. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually, before we introduce our guest today, I took a walk this morning and was just hit by the amazing, beautiful color that we're in the midst of. And uh, we live in Portland, Oregon area, and of course it's very green here with lots and lots of other uh, uh, deciduous trees that turn colors. And so it's absolutely a gorgeous time of year, and we have actually some better weather than normal, which is kind of cool. So anyway, went on my walk this morning, and I kind of feel like I'm in the autumn of my life. And And it's kind of an interesting uh, kind of a metaphor for me this morning because I was thinking about how beautiful, vibrant, uh, colorful, I mean, I could come up with so many different words to describe how beautiful it was this morning. And even though... Uh, Becky and I are probably both in the autumn of our lives. And there's no probably, honey, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) Denial in there a little bit, right? Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) um, I I think it's just, it really spoke to me this morning that just because we are in the autumn of our life doesn't mean that we can't be vivid and colorful and exciting and beautiful. And so I I just wanted to leave that little message with everybody this morning. You know, Sharon, I'm really glad you shared that. And and I didn't know what you were going to share this morning, but I, that reminded me of a book that was given to me a long time ago by a local Portland author. Her name is Rachel Clearwater. She wrote a book called Dreamwalk and she mentioned something. And they're one of the most most vivid memories I have of that book is where she talks about how the leaves, you know, when they're turning color, it's, it's because they're dying, right? They're dying, exactly. And she says, I hope I am as beautiful as the leaves as I'm dying. And I remember seeing that and I just, I thought, yeah, me too. I want to be that beautiful too. And, you know, and I just, I'm sorry. I just went there because that's where it took me, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thought. The cool thing is, too, there's actually research on this exact topic um, from Yale School of Public Health uh, by uh, Professor Becca Levi. In a study, a very large number of middle-aged people were interviewed six times over the course of 20 years, and they were asked whether they agreed with the statement, like, as you get older, you're less useful. 
Yeah. And they found out that the perception held by these people about aging actually had more impact on how long they lived, Mm. more than their blood pressure, their cholesterol level, Mm. whether they smoked, or even whether they exercised. So the positive perception of aging um, gracefully, if you will, <laughs> or um, these people actually lived an average of seven and a half years longer than those with those negative images of growing older. Oh, I love that. See, yeah. and I'm looking at all these trees in my yard right now, and I see yellow, I see red. Who says you have to live in New England to see this kind of beauty, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. So with that, I just wanted to take a minute. Um, now it's time to introduce our lovely guest today. Uh, her name is Kathleen Listen. Uh, Kathleen is a certified lymphedema specialist and is going to share with us today about cancer's dirty little secret. So welcome, Kathleen. I love that Thank title. You. I love that title. I thought, oh, and yeah, it is. (laughs) Sorry. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this field, Kathleen. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, It was, um, I guess it it started when I was nine. Um, My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, it was, like, combined with an autoimmune disease, so it was very difficult for her so just that experience of um, being a child and, you know, having this tiny pair of hands that couldn't really help my mother, but at the same time seeing all the men and women that were taking care of my mother um, inspired me that, um, you know, the twists and turns of my life, that when it came um, time for me to switch careers in the middle of my life and I, I went to massage school, And in the third week of massage school, I found out that um, unlike what everyone was taught in the 80s when my mother um, had a cancer diagnosis, that you shouldn't massage uh, people with cancer because it might spread the tumor. Now, um, you know, everyone's come to their senses and um, it's not only okay, but it's very useful. Um, It helps out with a lot of the nausea and the tiredness, a lot of the side effects of cancer treatment um, Mm. to massage um, patients with a cancer diagnosis, even in the middle of chemotherapy and then for the rest of their lives. Um, So I just, I was entranced. My teacher, um, Stephanie, like she laughed at me after I graduated. She's like, you walked into class and I knew exactly where you were going. Like you didn't know where (laughs) you were going, but I saw the look on your face. When you That's cool. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I took the specialty for oncology massage, and then that's when I learned about lymphedema, which is fascinating because at that point, both of my parents have passed away from cancer, and I didn't really know about lymphedema um, until I learned in oncology massage that this is one area of the body that we shouldn't touch because it's, you know, there's something complex happening with it. Um, so I said, instead of, you know, accepting the answer, no, I said, no, now I have to take this extra training to become a lymphedema, a certified lymphedema therapist. Good for so you. Good for you. My whole yeah. patient holistically, because I just, I can't see, it's not, I can't see in my heart telling someone I gave them a complete massage where I couldn't massage one quarter of their body and the quarter right. of their body that, you know, no one seems to want to touch anyways. So, right. And yet it's the part that really, really needs it. So, right. Yeah, tender, you. loving care. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. 
So what yeah. is the dirty little secret that you talked about? Cancer's dirty little secret is lymphedema. So lymphedema okay. is um, it's something that I'll, when I talk to um, people who have a cancer history, they look me straight in the face and they will say, I did not know about lymphedema until I got it. And I, I, I went through the cancer treatment. I succeeded. You know, I have all these tests that say I am cancer free. And then I was blindsided by lymphedema and I beat, I managed to beat cancer, but now there's no cure for lymphedema. So I have to live with this for the rest of my life. You know, that is, honestly, when you go through cancer diagnosis and treatment, we all know that we're probably going to lose our hair, depending on the drugs, of course, but most of us think about hair loss and we think about the surgeries, but you are absolutely right. I had no idea that it was going to hit me like that, and I, until one day I woke up and my arm looked like a sausage, and my fingers were Mm. fat, and I could barely move my arm. It was it was kind of like trying to lift up a, a big giant water balloon filled with water. Mm. And and it mm-hmm. was so painful and it, it hurt more than the mastectomy or the lumpectomy at that point in time. It was it was amazingly painful. So why don't we talk for just a minute, Kathleen, about what's going on there? Why what is lymphedema? I mean, those of us who've had it kind of know, but but what what is it? What causes it and and all that? Why don't you go down that path with us for a bit? Yep. So lymphedema is a swelling um, in an area of the body that's related to the lymphatic system. So when we usually think of swelling, we think, you know, like we bump our knee and then it kind of blows up and there's a lot of swelling and inflammation and then that's the body heals itself and then eventually that swelling goes down. So mm-hmm. lymphedema is a swelling. Initially, it it will swell and then it might go down and swell might go down, but eventually it's just the swelling um happens 24-7. So what happens is it's because that our body's lymphatic system is impaired. So we have a circulatory system. We learn about that in high school. I write in my book, um, like I didn't even remember the lymphatic system from high school. So there's no, I'm not judging anyone who doesn't know what a lymphatic system is. Um, But it's kind of our body's sewer system. So our circulatory system brings all the, you know, the blood brings all the oxygen, the nutrients, everything that our cells need to survive, and then our cells push off waste products um, and proteins and fats. All those are gathered up by our body's lymphatic system, which is um, goes each and next to each and every cell in the body, um, just like our circulatory system does. Then the only big difference is that it doesn't have a pump. Um, so in it gathers all the waste products and brings them back um, to right around the neck, um, and then they enter the circulatory system again. So what happens in between um, the lymphatic capillaries uh, grabbing the waste products and it going back to the heart is that it's filtered by what we call lymph nodes. So we have six to 700 lymph nodes throughout the body, and there are little filters. They also have our immune system, the white blood cells are in there, so they are tracking, um, you know, if any bacteria enters the system, they can go ahead and send the troops out to heal whatever is um, happening in the body. So what happens um, during the cancer treatment, so it's not actually the cancer that causes lymphedema, it's the way that we treat it, 
is either we'll remove a lymph node with a sentinel node biopsy. Um, we may remove several lymph nodes. The doctor may remove several lymph nodes um, to, you know, make sure we don't have cancer in those lymph nodes. And then also radiation will affect um, our lymph nodes when we irradiate the lymph nodes in an area we're um, affecting them negatively too. So when a lymph node can't filter that lymphatic fluid, it gathers in the area where it's not working. So that's why the arm um, next to the armpit where the sentinel lymph node was taken out or the area of the body near where the radiation happened, that um, arm will start to swell. So really it's kind of like when you think about a, a, a water line, you know, you got this water line and if if some chunk of the water line gets broken or cracked or whatever, the fluid doesn't go on through the water line. It's going to land somewhere else mm-hmm. and and it kind of starts to pool is does that is that kind of a fair a fair analogy of it yes yes I usually use um like a traffic because we're in okay. San Diego we have a lot of bridges so if you're if there's a highway and then there's a bridge and the bridge is out all that traffic is backing up to because go yeah get across got it. the bridge so the bridge is the lymph node I was just in San Diego. I love it so much. And, and I've told people many times, if I ever had to move to California, not that I would, but if I had to, I'd go to San Diego. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's, it is gorgeous. Yeah. It yeah. Is definitely. You live in a beautiful part of the world. So, well, thank, thank you for you. that. So let, let's talk for just quickly about what is, I know you're a certified lymphedema therapist, and then there are massage therapists who, who do some degree of lymphedema. What is the difference? And if you're, you know, if you're the patient and you're needing support, when would you go to a certified lymphedema specialist versus a massage therapist who can do lymphedema treatment? Can you explain the difference, please? Yep. So usually, so what a massage therapist um, will usually say is they know how to do lymphatic massage. So that can be anywhere for, I took about um, two to three hours of lymphatic massage education in uh, my massage college. Um, so that is like if someone needs to detox or just um, is has a perfectly healthy functioning lymphatic system um, and they want to do some detox massage, which is, it's a lot bigger here in San Diego than um, other areas of America. So I'm sure some of the listeners are like, what's a detox massage? Um, so that's, it's fine to get, um, you know, a massage therapist who maybe has like some rudimentary education in that okay. type of massage. But if you have a cancer diagnosis, I feel that it's very important to go to a massage therapist that has some kind of oncology massage education. And there's okay. a um, society, it's called Society for Oncology Massage S4, the number four O and M. Um, that's a website and they have a list of people who have taken the class for oncology massage. And when I took it, it was 15. I did 15 hours um, of hands-on work at a local cancer infusion center here in San Diego. So I actually had experience with people with, um, you know, active in cancer treatment. And then the next step up is the certified lymphedema therapist is, I've taken 200 hours of education and passed the test. Um, to become certified as a lymphedema therapist. So that this will be um, massage therapist or occupational therapist or a physical therapist will have this um, like gold standard certification 
Um, so they'll have the initial CLT after their name, and they are okay. able to um, completely um, treat lymphedema. Um, so you'll find many of them in the hospitals, um, in, in the health system. So these are actually the first people that you will come in contact with um, if you have a cancer history and you suspect that you might have lymphedema. You should, um, you'll just go to your oncologist or email your oncologist and ask for a referral to the lymphedema clinic, and then you'll see a CLT. That's well, you know, when I was when I was going through my lymphedema the first time, and like I said, it was so bad, I did go to a lymphedema, lymphedi- I can't say the word sometimes, I think I've talked too much, yeah. lymphedema spe- um, therapist, a certified therapist, and she was able to give me some really great techniques to start to move that flow, and, and it was very, very helpful. She gave me some basic things, and we kind of got through it, and then she taught me some things to watch for and to you know, so I could get a handle on it myself. And, you know, if something happens and every now and then I still find I need to go in for, for support and it's been 21 years, but, um, but you know, we're going to actually go out to break because we want to talk about next, can lymphedema be prevented or cured? And it's too long of a conversation to start before the break. So we're going to go ahead and go on out to break. We'll pick this up on the other side. Cause I, I think a lot of our listeners would like to know what they can do to, to prevent it if they can. So anyway, stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt... Free. It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to the program. We've been talking with Kathleen Liston about cancer's dirty little secret, lymphedema. So before the break, we were just getting ready to introduce, okay, so how can we prevent lymphedema or can we and can it be cured? Good. I'm so glad um, that we're to this part of the conversation because I think this is perhaps the most emotionally charged part. Um, Mm -hmm. As of right now, there is some interesting drug trials going on um, with Stanley Roxon in uh, Stanford. They're looking at, you know, trying to work towards a cure. As of right now, there is no cure. And the big emotional part um, that I kind of have to have honest conversations with my clients about is that you it's not your fault. If you get lymphedema, it is not your fault. It's not because, um, you know, you specifically did something wrong. And if only you hadn't done that one thing that like your entire right. life would be lymphedema free. Mm-hmm. So, um, to take the emotional charge off of that is, I think it's very healing for people because like that, it contributes to stress over the self blame over lymphedema is so frustrating to me because it raises the stress level, which lowers the immune system, which um, is not a good, you know, that's not the ideal way to um, fight lymphedema, a a chronic disease that is going to happen for the rest of your life. So each of us has between 600 and 700 lymph nodes. And I want to start with that because some of us have less lymph nodes. Some of us have more lymph nodes. Some of us have you know, an amazing amount of lymph nodes in the armpit and say we're talking about a breast cancer and some of us, they're in different places in different bodies. Um, So you could remove one sentinel lymph node and you could get lymph node, uh, lymphedema three months later and you can remove like 10, 12 lymph nodes and not ever get lymphedema and then you can have cancer 15 years ago and you can get lymphedema tomorrow. So it's kind of, it depends (laughs) on your body and there are ways to reduce your risk, but I, it breaks my heart when I hear people say like, you know, this one time I did this one thing and then like, that's what happened. It was, it's kind of like, it was set up in your body for a long time and it was just subclinical. Like you were, you know, you're skating on thin ice for a long time. It wasn't just that one thing that you did that brought you from, you know, perfect health to instant lymphedema. Mm-hmm. And that's good to hear. I had a patient who was out gardening. She even had gardening gloves on and she got poked by a rose thorn and boom, after that, she had lymphedema. And again, nobody had talked to her about that potential other than, you know, yeah. protecting yourself. She was being careful, but I know yeah. even like a hangnail can cause things like that. I mean, so you're right. I mean, yeah. it's, you're kind of set up from, <laughs> unfortunately, it's just how your body is. I was one of those that was fortunate. I had uh, a scoop of lymph nodes taken out. They took out 10 and luckily there was no cancer in them. And luckily I have not had lymphedema at this point. So yeah, so it is interesting how uh, we can all be so different. Can let me clarify yeah. something on that on that line of of conversation. So I went through cancer in an eight year period. I had it first on my right side where we did a lumpectomy. They took out sixteen lymph nodes under my arm, and 
and then um, radiation. And that's the side that got this this horrible round of, of lymphedema that I wasn't really warned about. And then eight years later, I had cancer on the other side. And that's when we did a double mastectomy. But my doctor wanted to take them out under my arm. He actually gave me a choice. Do you want me to take them out under your armpit or should we do sentinel node? And I said, no, I've done the under armpit. I'm not doing that again. (laughs) So I did the sentinel node. And in this case, I had 10 sentinel nodes, you know, where they, and I know a lot of people don't really know what that means, but when you inject the tumor full of dye, it goes off like a, like the spokes of a wheel, it goes somewhere. And each of those spokes leads to a lymph node. And I had 10 of those and they took them out and I had cancer in three of them them and but it didn't cause the severity in my armpit or my arm like it did on the other side and to this day my right arm is still an inch and a half wider around than my left arm but does that mean I didn't have lymphedema can you get it in your chest cavity too or your chest wall if you don't have it in your arm so okay because I you know I I never felt the same it didn't feel as bad or as painful I'm sure it caused some issues but but it didn't it didn't have the same impact as as the other but is it the same same thing going on um you know when because i don't have direct access to you as a client i you know mm-hmm. like i don't want to make a definitive medical decision um cuz right. i can't diagnose but if you have swelling it would be worth it to because there are compression garments um they're more limited for the torso than for the arm but they could show you some self MLD depending on where the swelling is. But we can't. We do have some ways to help treat um, torso lymphedema as well. Okay. But it would have to be. They'd have to take a look at a physical person would have to take a look at your swelling. But okay. yes, you could get lymphedema from any of those times that they um, remove the lymph nodes, and then there's still a possibility in the future for the rest of your life you're at risk for lymphedema <laughs> in your entire upper quadrant, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> and with all that radiation, Becky, you know, I'm sure you have additional um, damage oh, yeah. That, yeah. that can happen as well. So, yep. yeah. Because I've actually That's- been through it on my left side twice since then. I wonder, I'll, sometimes I wonder if it's, if there's some relationship to the lymphedema in my arm, in my chest. I don't know. But yeah. let's not dwell mm-hmm. there. Um, why do yeah. some people get lymphedema and some people don't? I mean, I know some that you can have, like you said, you can have all these things removed. What, what's the difference? Is it our makeup yeah. or activity? What is it? Yeah, it's it's our makeup, and I think we're slowly we're as in as a um, an expertise um, certified lymphedema therapist. When we used to see the doctor's reports, and they said like I removed forty um, lymph nodes from someone's armpit, they old idea was like he didn't count he just like looked at some stuff and you know it was like surgeon's error to say that there was you know that many lymph nodes removed Um, but now as I think they're doing more research and they're finding that there is a wide variety of um, where the lymph nodes are and then some people's it's it might be a little bit too much inside baseball but some people's lymph um, it will go up into a different area. It will filter and then go up to the clavicle area rather than underneath um, the armpit. So that mm-hmm. if someone has like an unusual way that their lymph filters out, that could help prevent the lymphedema because it's not going under the armpit. It's actually going to a different area of the body. So it's, yeah. it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's a little bit, you know, yeah. like experts. Like I just 
I'm the kind of person that wants to learn everything and dive deep into the <laughs> studies. And some of the stuff that I've seen is quite interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I know when I was learning about lymphedema and trying to help my patients if they're dealing with it, um, just talking about how to do some of the gentle um, massage on yourself to try to alleviate some of that pressure, you know, it's just, it's, I, I almost described it like tickling, you know, it's like it's such a light touch. It doesn't feel like it would do anything, but the way it was described to me was like there's like these little straws under your skin. And if you press too hard, just like a straw being, you know, sucked on too hard, you, you, it, it collapses. And so you can't get the fluid to move. Is that, is that a good analogy too? Or I know this has been a while yeah. since I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like we can see... Um, when when uh, they do the blood pressure and they put the tourniquet on the arm, it's flattening right. out the blood vessels. It's flattening out our veins, so then the blood starts moving. So the same way we can flatten out a vein, you can the deeper pressure, um, deeper than just skin stretching, which is what we're doing with the manual lymphatic drainage, will actually co- temporarily collapse the lymphatic vessels. So when you get into someone um, massaging a muscle, they're flattening the lymphatic system to get to that muscle. So that's why yeah. like a deeper, if it's too deep of a uh, stroke that you won't get that same lymphatic flow, you won't get the same reduction in swelling. That makes sense. Okay, good. Good to know. So uh, if you if you are one of the people who um, has dealt with um, lymphedema, so what kind of ongoing care do do people need to consider? Um, if you have lymphedema already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so first, um, it's it's wonderful how people are getting um, information about this earlier. So usually in, in San Diego, um, and it may be with other health systems, there's a different standard, but usually it's um, if it's too... Um, millimeters, if the left arm, if it's in the arm, if one arm is bigger than the other one by two millimeters, that will be one of the, it may be one of the clinical definitions of that you have lymphedema. Um, that, so there's a certain standard of how much swelling there has to be before they're going to say, yes, you probably have lymphedema. At that so point, an inch and a half would probably, <laughs> inch and a half <laughs> would probably qualify. <laughs> so you have, yes. yes. <laughs> That's probably why That's they hard said, to yeah. wear long sleeves, uh, you know. <laughs> you wear a long sleeve yes. thing, and the right side's tight, and the other side's not. It's really annoying, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> carry yeah. on. Yeah. So um, you underwent the complex decongestive therapy. They wrap the arm, and then they rewrap yeah. the arm for a number of days. Uh, we just used a compression sleeve for a while, but I find them horribly, okay. horribly uncomfortable. I don't even wear them on airplanes now. People always talk about air travel and you should wear your sleeve yeah. on the airplane. I can't. I'm, I'm too claustrophobic for all that. So I don't. But mm-hmm. um, is there an advantage to doing that? Um, yes. It's not scientific. It's it's more anecdotal, but I Every time I say that, like someone comes at me with a personal anecdote about like they personally got lymphedema after they went on the airplane. Really? So the airplane, but I think it's more than just the air travel. I mean, what does happen is, um, what happens is they, um, 
they compress the cabin. So uh. the cabin pressure is different. So that's why you'll find, even if you have a normally functioning lymphatic system and you go on it for a long flight, it's a combination of being, you know, motionless and then, um, you're sitting, um, and then they comp- the cabin's in- under compression that oftentimes your feet won't fit back in your shoes. If you take that's true. Off, that's why you probably shouldn't take your shoes off. That's and why I don't usually like, take mine off. It's like, I know I won't get them back on. <laughs> yes, yes. Because you're at nope. altitude. So it's the same thing yeah. when I'm hiking. If I'm hiking at 10,000 feet, like my arms and my feet get swollen. Um, mm-hmm. So that, and then it's combined with you're doing things that you don't usually do. And that's you, that's one of the risk factors that I have people watch out for as far as their behavior. It's always like the once a year or once a quarter or like I just got up and I decided to do this. That's what uh, overwhelms the system. So you never carry a 50-pound suitcase and now you're dragging one like all over every single terminal. And you never lift like a 40-pound suitcase over your head and now you're like lifting it into the airplane. And just the dragging and lifting and running from terminal to terminal and there's a lot of stress, um, that is one of those kind of events that you don't do every day versus um, working out. Working out is safe if you have lymphedema. I know a lot of people with a lymphedema diagnosis that are um, great athletes and they lift weights and they do more than I do. (laughs) They're like triathletes, um, but you do it every single day. So um, the risk factor could be like you wake up and you decide like you need to move all the furniture in your house. Like, you can't move oh. all the furniture in your house if you have lymphedema. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. Nobody right. told me that. <laughs> or you, Yeah, or you decide to rake the entire backyard, or you have to, uh-huh. like, cook Thanksgiving dinner for eight hours in a row. Yeah. It's like those or, or move my bookcase and paint. Overwhelming your system. Yeah. Right, right, right. Tend to get kind of a little overactive sometimes because I get bored. Well, listen, we all, we have a few minutes before we go out to the next break. Can we ask a question? I'm going to just jump ahead for a minute here and ask because I like this this question. What are some fun ways to control lymphedema swelling? I mean, I never heard of such a thing. So, <laughs> what are some fun ways you know, to do that? Fun ways. There's so many fun ways. Um, well, I think exercise is fun. So oh, um, well, there we go. Exercise. <laughs> <laughs> walking is good um, swimming is good and pool exercise particularly if you have um, lower extremity if you have it in your legs the pool or standing in the ocean is uh, wonderful because it actually that's the reason why your parents made you uh, go to the bathroom before you got in the swimming pool because the oh. swimming pool <laughs> controls the swelling to the point where you have to pee Oh, wow. that's funny. Swelling <laughs> is going to make you pee. Yeah, so water water exercise is really good. Um, trampoline is really good, and you don't have to jump up and down a foot in the air. You can just barely leave the um, trampoline itself and just do some gentle bouncing. Um, and then I, the most fun I heard was a lady um, said her husband went, gave a motorcycle ride to her so she rode on the back of her husband's motorcycle and then they'd have to stop because she'd have to pee because of the vibration oh yeah Mm -hmm. um and then another lady said yes that's why i go out and do the lawn mowing on my john deere tractor it's the vibration of the tractor actually makes you have to pee because it's i'm guessing peeing helps then right you want to go pee a lot so 
because uh, that helps with that's the swelling. Is that right? The swelling is leaving your body as urine. Okay. Yeah, that's how you right. get rid of swelling in your body is by urine. So drinking yeah. extra water will help with that too. Is that right? It it always helps, and that's one of the biggest misnomers is people think, oh, my body's swollen, like I'll stop drinking water, and yeah. that doesn't help at all. Your body will still yeah. be swollen, and then you'll be dehydrated. So You know, you we had a guest one time that talked, moving. that gave a good picture of that. She said, picture a, a pond in your backyard that has no movement to it. It's just sitting there stagnant. The water gets old. You get bugs in it. It's just sitting there stagnant, and when you don't, flush that out with fresh water coming in to push the old stuff out it just gets more and more stagnant so you need to drink the water to push the old icky stuff out and replenish with fresh water and your body will release it when it has new water coming into it and I thought that was a a, great analogy yeah Mm -hmm. just kind of picture that because and then picture what that means if you don't drink the water that you've got this stagnant cesspool in your body and it's not doing a thing except poisoning you. So I, I loved that. I really loved that analogy. Um, so we're, again, before we go out to break, which is going to be very soon here. Um, well, actually it's going to be very soon. When we come back from break, I want to ask you if there's anything that we can, that can be done before cancer treatment um, to in preparation of lymphedema. Again, most doctors don't talk about it. Uh, I didn't know, unfortunately, my first time around that I was going to experience this. And until you do, you know, you don't really know a whole lot about it. So um, so I'd like to really talk about that, I think, when we come back. So uh, with, that, we're, with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break and stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Kathleen Listen about cancer's dirty little secret, lymphedema. So let's just jump right into um, the risk factors, um, Kathleen. Can you kind of go through those a little bit? Yeah, so um, this is super important. Um, and anybody who has a cancer history and if they had, if you had radiation or you had a lymph node removed, um, this is important information. Um, and there are some ways that you can reduce your, your, the likelihood that you will, um, have lymphedema. Um, the first one is weight. So they always want you to be at an ideal weight. Um, and then the fo- rest of them really focus on, um, we talked a little bit about, like, don't do, you know, the entire yard in one day. Don't do anything, um, that will really overstress your body. Um, and a lot of the rest of them focus on skin. So we want the skin um, to be healthy and, and we don't want to get infections or anything to happen negative to our skin. So that would be um, reducing the risk of sunburn with SPF. Um, if we're going out and we think we might get a mosquito or a bug bite to put um, some cream on to, have, you know, not don't attract mosquitoes. We don't want bug bites. Um, in the garden, um, like you said, to wear gloves when you're in the garden, just protecting the integrity of the skin is important. And especially as a lot of people are he- heading into winter, um, I just said on a recent podcast episode, um, lotion on the legs just to make sure that we don't get that dry, cracked skin because dry, mm-hmm. cracked skin is just an invitation um, for it to tear. It just tears more easily. So those are, those are some things to just um, be aware of. Oh, that's great information. Yeah, definitely. Thank and you. I understand the actual weight. Um, you know, if we keep our weight down, we have a less likely um, uh, involvement of lymphedema, too. Is that that is correct? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So again, yeah. we have to exercise and we have to keep our weight down. <laughs> yep. It yep. seems like a common theme, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like for life in general, I'm sure. Yes. It- well, so yes. Kathleen, knowing that there are so many people that end up going into surgery without knowledge of lymphedema, if you are listening to this show and you know you're getting ready to have surgery and do your biopsies and all that, what can be done or can you do anything ahead of time before your cancer treatment uh, to help limit the risk of, of lymphedema? What can be done? Yep. You can, um, there's two things um, that you can do and have this conversation with your oncologist um, to make, sh- to see if this is available with your healthcare plan and in your hospital. Um, but there's a test, um, and if they have this machine, I would suggest you get the test before any surgery, any treatment at all. It's called bioimpedance spectroscopy. So it would be good to just write the words bioimpedance spectroscopy on a piece of paper and then contact your oncologist to see if you can get this test. So basically, it's painless. They hook electrodes to you, and they can um, track. They can get a baseline measurement on the amount of liquid in your body. So then they mm. can use that um, if you months or years later, if you think you are having swelling and you want to know whether 
it's, you know, clinically, you might have a diagnosis of lymphedema. They know how your body was composed before the surgery, before the lymph nodes were taken out. Mm-hmm. So bio okay. spectroscopy, yeah, it's okay. a, if they have the machine, it's a super quick test. Um, the difficulty is that you're overwhelmed. I know when I had um, the second, um, the the doctor said carcinoma. I was just like, I'm not going to, I don't know where I am. You have to write everything yeah. down. Like, I'm just so yeah. overwhelmed. So that can be the reason why a lot of people don't remember any education about lymphedema or they don't, you know, they the doctor doesn't want to give them one more appointment to go to. But if you're right. concerned about lymphedema, um, if it's been in a family history, it would be great to get that test. And then you can also ask for a referral to the lymphedema clinic just to get some pre-education. So if you're at the point where you can take another doctor appointment in your schedule, um, see if you can just meet with a certified lymphedema therapist and get more of an in-depth education to, you know, be as well-informed as you can about the risk factors. You know, and that kind of goes to that point that sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And so unless you know lymphedema is even a possibility, you wouldn't even think to ask for a a lymphedema clinic specialist, you know. So that's part of why we do this show. We want... We want women to be educated, and if you're listening to this show and you know someone who's about ready to go in for treatment, and invite them to listen to this show with you or alone. Uh, you can listen to it through our archives if you're not listening that way right now. But um, this this show is it, it's this kind of information that we that we really need, you know, to have at hand. And to your point, Kathleen, my doctor may have told me about it, but you're right. You hear that word, the words, you have cancer. And yeah, all else, over. the whole your whole world stops at that point. And he may have told me, uh, or actually it was a she back then. She may have told me, but I didn't catch it, or you know whatever. But it's doesn't change the fact I didn't know about it. So yeah, um, exactly. yeah. So then during during and after cancer treatment, um, what what can we do if you're in the middle of treatment and you start to notice that you have lymphedema? Is it this kind of thing where the earlier you catch it, the better, or or what? It's it's great, um, and I just had, I have a client that I'm helping, um, and she's after her cancer treatment. Um, she's been d- done with it for a few years, um, but she's coming to me to get manual lymphatic drainage massage um, kind of prophylactically, and so I'm kind of keeping track of her symptoms, and she's telling me what's happening, and I'm talking back to her. Um, so that kind of like being friends with the lymphedema clinic, um, even though you might not have lymphedema yet, is great. And having that ongoing conversation um, because some of the signs and symptoms you might see or um, especially as we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas and we're at times where we're seeing family, um, these are great things that we can kind of keep an eye out on across the Thanksgiving table, Christmas table, whatever other holidays um, you have. If someone had a favorite ring, and then, um, you know, they had a breast cancer and you notice they're not wearing that ring anymore, ask them why. Um, and if it's because it doesn't fit anymore, that's a sign that they might have swelling in the hand, which could be lymphedema. Mm-hmm. Like you said, um, when you're wearing a long sleeve shirt and one side fits and one side doesn't, um, that's a big sign. Uh, my mother never talked about and she passed away when I was uh, 20 years old, so I never really got to have the conversation but all, what I always remember is she would wear these shirts, which had these giant armholes in them. 
like a billowy shirt. And it was kind mm-hmm. of the 80s, 70s, 80s too. So it was in style. But if you see someone's kind of their fashion changing, like ask them why they Good can't point. fit into any of their old clothes. Um, and especially and even in the breasts um, that we can get lymphedema in the breast. So if one breast is um, different looking than the other one, um, that can also be a sign of, of breast cancer in the first place if the nipples are different or you know, the skin has changed, but we can get um, lymphedema in the torso, underneath the armpit, and in the back. If if you look at somebody from the back, like say they have that backless dress on or a tank top, and the one side of um, their torso looks different from the other, it's bigger, that can be a sign of lymphedema as well. Okay. Well, that's good news. That's good news for me because next time my husband looks at my butt and tells me it looks bigger, I'm just going to tell him I've got lymphedema in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Did not know that was possible. No, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, so I, I had one other question about lymphedema clinics or centers. Do most cancer hospitals have a lymphedema clinic? I've never even heard of one here in Portland, but I'm sure that uh, maybe they have them. I don't know. Is that common? I think I would assume if it was, I have not seen a cancer center that didn't have you know, at least sometimes it's two or three people, but there will be somebody and there will be um, a certified lymphedema therapist that they can refer you to. Um, okay. so it it might be a through person. the physical therapy rehabilitation. So it's just a, more likely a person than a physical building that's a clinic that specializes. It could just be a person within their clinic. It just within the outpatient rehab. Heard of having yeah. of a lymphedema yep. clinic, so that's that's good to know. Um, and then one last question here before we kind of get to a couple of really important things. If I ignore lymphedema, will it go away? I'm guessing no, because I mine and it's not gone. Unfortunately, it won't. Okay, it so won't. we have at the same time. I, I don't want you to go Googling lymphedema and look at the pictures. Um, it can get, it can really get out of control if it's not, um, if you don't keep on top of it. If you keep on top of it and stay in the garment, um, you shouldn't, it, it shouldn't get that bad, but it can, if, if it's something that you ignore for a number of years, it does progress and it's very okay. unfortunate and it impacts your activities of daily living. Like it will be harder to do the things that you love. So that's yeah, why we want I you to get imagine. treatment and keep on, keep up with the treatment throughout your life. Okay. Well, we're down to the last couple minutes of our show. So Sharon, I think you wanted to talk with her quickly about her book. And- yeah, you've written a book about all of this. So let's, let's talk about that. So describe how swollen, bloated, and puffy helps the cancer community. I love that title. Yep. Um, is it, don't you? I was thinking of other titles, and then I was like, you know what? Let's just be really obvious. It's <laughs> right to the point, isn't it? And puppy. That's a good so one. So the first half of the book, um, the first half of the book, I get advice um, from all over the world, um, experts from all over the world, different techniques to reduce swelling um, in the face and body. So I put them together, and I talk about um, all the things that are kind of chic um, in the wellness world. Um, I talk about essential oils and how you can use them, dry brushing, um, different kind of masks and jade rollers, um, some exercise tips. And then really importantly, my love of this book is um, the second half of the book, which is kind of, it came directly out of my journey. After my cancer diagnosis, I wanted to 
balance my immune system. I wanted to lower my stress. I wanted to take big actions and not just ignore it just because I had surgery and my cancer was gone. And, you know, they were just ready to let me loose in the world like anybody else. But um, this is all research-proven ways to um, lower your stress and balance your immune system. So it's all, it's not um, just uh, nice to do. It's actually going to help your body. So I talk about meditation, how to start meditation habit, um, how to incorporate massage. Um, Sleep is a huge thing. So I have tips um, for falling asleep and then um, listening to music, laughter, um, and telling jokes. All these things are not just, you know, our grandmother's advice, but they're actually, research has proven that they can help us. That's amazing. That sounds like a great book that everybody should uh, find uh, helpful in in the cancer community. And again, keeping our stress level down and and helping our immune system, you know, fight, uh, I think is just an ongoing um, battle for all of us, keeping our inflammation down, period. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. And it's available on Amazon. And wherever Perfect. we're told. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Good. All right. Well, Sharon, I think we have one more minute. If we wanted to ask one more question, I think my, my screen is kind of messing me up here a little bit. Um, okay. But actually, we don't. We don't. We're, we're pretty much out of time. So, But we will post this. You know, it'll be on the archives, and you'll be able to refer people to this um, this interview but Kathleen we just we want to thank you so much for being on our show today you know we've lived with lymphedema we understand it but there's so many people just starting in this journey and it's such a complicated issue that it's just it's really good to have this kind of information so we really want to thank you for taking time out from your busy day and joining us and sharing such valuable insight about this um, if somebody wants to reach you uh, quickly give us an email or a, or a website or something. How can they get in touch with you? Yep. Um, I am on Instagram at Kathleen Listen. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Kathleen Listen. I have a Facebook page. They can reach me there. Um, and my okay. business in San Diego is Solace San Diego. So my email is SolaceSanDiego at gmail.com. Okay. And like Listen is spelled L-I. Solace. Oh, okay. And, and Listen. S-O-N. Great. Okay, great. So we just want to make sure that they know how to do that. So again, thank you very much. And to our listeners, if you've enjoyed this program today, we would love to be able to keep this program going indefinitely. And so we would love it if you would go to our website, which is breastfriends.org, and click on that big blue button at the top of the page that says donate. And you can make a donation through PayPal or however. Um, and that money comes directly to us. And that will help us keep this program going along with everything else that we do. So just to let you, remind you, we'll be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.